Welcome to Upon Further Review, where we take popular hip-hop albums of the late 1990s and early 2000s and listen to them again to see if we still feel the same as we did the first time. Was it really a classic album, or were we caught up in the trend? Join us every week as we go track by track, giving a breakdown of what stood out and what should have stayed hidden. And in the end, we give it a new final rating. So sit back and enjoy. This is Upon Further Review. keep saying welcome once again i gotta figure something out we'll do it anyway welcome once again um <laughs> uh welcome in to upon further review where we take hip-hop albums currently from the late 90s to early 2000s and we re- review them to see if we still feel the same then we give them a fresh new uh rating so this week is no different this week we're doing get rich or Die Trying from 50 Cent, which was released in February of 2003 from Aftermath. Um, it featured production from Dr. Dre and Eminem and has some guest appearances from Eminem, uh, Young Buck, Lloyd Banks, and Tony Ayo, which would end up minus Eminem comprising a group G Unit, um, which I think they made one or two albums. Uh, Nothing really noteworthy. They're more like singles. Kind of like Young Money. So, this week, no different. Uh, We have my co-host Dave, uh, as always. I'm the host, G-Wiz. And we have, again, our guest, Jamil. So, it's good to have you fellas in. Uh, What's going on? What up, man? All right. So, so let's get to it. I appreciate you having me back. Oh, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate your commentary, and uh, the world will hear it soon. So, Get Rich or Die Trying, 19 tracks. You got some extra stuff here, you know, remixes and stuff like that. But the core of it was 19 songs, like we said, mostly mostly involving him. It uh, wasn't a whole lot of features. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of fluff. Uh, just straight 50. So, the intro was... Uh, simple it's just i'm assuming two quarters spinning on the table and then they get right into track two what up gangster um this was a hard hitting intro song to me when i think of intro songs this this qualifies like this this felt like an intro song um this felt like you know a a introduction to to show who he was and kind of he had already been building up his case um, by the end of who he was with I believe in the club was a single that he pushed before the album came out and uh, that was like that that honestly that was one of his largest commercial hits um, and then uh, like I said when the album when the album come out this drops it was just dude, it, it just it, it really set the tone and really kind of um, helped him lay the groundwork for what the album would be so we'll start with Dave so Dave uh, what stood out to you about what up, gangster? Uh, basically, just the, the the album, like the placement on the album. Like it, like you said, it was a, it was an intro track, a really good intro track, actually. Um, as far as the quality of the song, like it, it was it was okay. I, I didn't I didn't really like it that much as a song. Like you know, like I didn't play it that much, but as an intro track, it worked for for this album to introduce you to 50 cent 
um, minus the single that he had out at the time. So, like, I, it was a good intro track. I just think that that. Yeah, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it, I thought it was something that it kind of fit what he was doing because it, it 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 set up who he was. It it fit him. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like something that was really abstract, but it wasn't. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was. I thought it was solid. So I swing it on over to you, uh, Jamil. What stood out to you about uh, What Up Gangsta, if anything? Uh, you guys kind of said it. Just the strength of of how it came in. It's a it's a really hard hitting song. Uh, matter of fact, uh, in in listening to the album for the show, uh, that song gets so hard I had to put it on the playlist. Like that's now on my <laughs> weightlifting playlist. Cause wow. <laughs> It, it hit me like it got me pretty hyped um just from the production now i'm kind of i'm kind of leaning toward where you were with that dave with you know the quality of the song itself i don't know if it's if it's all there but i think that it, it is a really good introduction to the album um it's not it's not super radio friendly but i think it would appeal to the masses and it's, it's really attention grabbing right it is. And it that is. one line when he said, uh, "Put when you say when the D's come, he put the diesel in battery acid." Mm. I don't know why I thought that was slick, but I was like, "I, I like that. I like that a little bit." <laughs> now, I don't know why you just happen to have. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. A little gutter, <laughs> little gutter stuff. Yeah, like I want to know why you got enough battery acid to to get ready to work, but <laughs> that's I go with it. That was one of the things I picked up. Like, I'm not a gangster. Never have been, never, never tried to be. Um, I'm not even sure 50 Cent is a real gangster. Perhaps at some point in his life he was. But I, I felt kind of like Reggie. When Reggie Reggie made a comment about uh, he don't smoke weed, so he lived through these other artists. That's how I kind of felt like when I was listening to 50. Like, I'm living through you. Even though you might not really necessarily be a gangster, but you talking to talk right now. And I like it. So to me, this all like I've always liked this track, just always. Um, but that's you know, that I, like like we like we saying that was a that was a really good intro. It's a good way to start off um, the album. It's a good way to start off the show. So now we get into track three, where I think it just picks up, right? I mean, it, it, we are already going, and then track three, patiently waiting, featuring Eminem. Um, this was produced by Eminem featuring Eminem um just him and 50 going back and forth a little bit I don't know who steals it who takes it um I'll send it to you Jamil though what stood out to you about uh Eminem and 50 Cent patiently waiting it's a really dark beat like especially right behind uh what up gangster but that's M's production style so I I kind of I could kind of see where he was going with that and I forgot uh M had his his semi gangster phase around this time too. Between this and, and some of the stuff he did on the Eminem show, uh, I guess it was around the time he caught them gun charges. So he had a little <laughs> little bit of that gun talk going on too. Yeah. But it it it, it works. You know, it's, it's appropriate for the project. Um, what I wrote in my notes about this is that the sound of it of this song kind of reminds me of something that would play in a. Um, in a film like a uh, trailer for a film mm. that's what it put me in the mind of like something that some 
I guess Dangerous Minds for some reason came to my head. Like a movie like that, though, it's hip hop based, but not necessarily a hood movie. That's right, that's right. what made that's what it made me think of. Yeah, I think this was used on a number of uh, on a number of movie trailers. Um, after after it came out, I I can, I can remember some. I, I can't remember them specifically which ones they were used for, but uh, it it, it was definitely a, a dark beat coming behind what up gangster but it was also i thought i thought eminem really put on for 50 like i i don't i'm not 100 percent sure about the relationship like did he find 50 or did 50 you know come in under him and then link up with drake but i really felt like eminem felt really really strong about 50 and about you know because you, you can kind of catch that vibe as he's rapping on there like he's he's rapping pretty he rapping pretty hard for 50 man so and he don't do that for everybody so i kind of I, I i really like this song i had honestly i had forgot that this was even on the album i i, I listened to a uh i remember back in the day my boy brandon had a he had a mix cd and it was mixing like 50's greatest tracks 50 and eminem's greatest tracks something like that and this was mixed in with another track and it was just like I, I i know every word to it like it was just dope I, I just forgot it was on the album but uh i i we'll go to you dave so like did the same thing kind of stand out for you or did i mean you 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 probably the resident eminem fan on the show so you know what did this did he live up to your expectations with this one? yeah man i mean to me this is one of my favorite tracks on the album it kind of shocked me that you uh the guy that was on there, but either way, um, I, I always, I always liked the track. I thought, I thought Eminem, he kind of did a lot of the heavy lifting on the track. Um, he kind of handled the bridge. He did the verses, uh, the beat, you know. Um, and and Fifty, Fifty was like a good, a good co-host with with this track. Like they they played off each other well. Like like Jamil said, Eminem kind of did some of the gun talk too, but. You know, I mean, he's shown his versatility as far as, as far as rhyming. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I always dug this stuff. Again, I mean, we, we talked about it before on previous album reviews, but it just seems to, it, it's progressively ramping up. So it's just, you know, you go from quick intro, what up, gangster, right into it, patiently wait. Now you, we go to the next track, track four, Many Men, Wish Death, um, produced by M., and this this tackles his his near death experience and um it, it really he really paints the picture i i remember i just remember this being one of the more popular songs um amongst amongst people that i knew this is well, this is one of the more popular songs on the album um i just man i and i i really liked it i, I like the storytelling on it um i like the feel of it and i think 50 has a we talked about it previously, um, how some artists struggle with hooks, but I think 50, 50 is pretty good with hooks. Um, yeah. He's, his, 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 I mean, he's received awards for his writing. So 50, and he shows it on this one. Like, he's pretty good with hooks, and I, I think this is one of his better ones. Um, but we'll, we'll go to you, Jamil, first. What did you think about uh, Many Men? Did, what, did you have the same kind of feel? It's funny that you brought up the hooks because this was the um, this is where I noticed and I started making note of it. He's singing on this hook, and I realized that Fifty do a whole lot of singing, and I think I knew that. I think I knew that because he pretty much took Ja Rule's style and ran with it. 
and made us hate Ja Rule for the same thing he was doing. So I, I made a note of that. <laughs> That's an interesting but, thought. But the, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the the hooks the hooks are good. I, I appreciated the hook on this one. Um, I I don't know that I love this song. I think this was one of the more popular ones. I remember a lot of people, you know, making reference to it and like they feel it. They really feel it like they was about that life. And I think that's probably what the appeal of this song is, is the, the vibe of it or the story that you're getting. Because um, lyrically, it wasn't it wasn't that strong for me. He had he had one line in it that I thought was interesting. But um, and to be fair, you know, y'all know this is not necessarily my go-to artist, um, but I, I temper my expectations, you know, for what 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 I would get from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but this particular one, I think, was a more an emotional grab than anything lyrically. I did like when he was saying, uh, I don't say only God can judge me. I see things clear. Uh, what do you say? Uh, giving these crackers a turnaround and give me a hundred years or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I could, I could feel that. Because yeah. though I'm not a gangster, I can certainly see how I could get caught up in, in a system that could maybe not give me a hundred years, but you could you do know, some end time. up in a bad situation. Yeah. I hear you, and I, I I can understand that this might not be your, your your favorite song. I just felt like his rendition of the of events that actually happened to him personally to actually put you there, because there was a lot of hype about well, this guy was shot multiple times and he survived in it. And, you know, he, you know, that's why he's so big now, because he worked out. And then he had this thing where he was walking around, like, with a Kevlar vest, with jeans on, and everybody, you know, like, he was really creating a persona. And it's funny to see that now. I mean, it's funny to, to look, yeah, to see that now, and then look at him now, and be like, dude, you walking around in these in these $1,000 suits, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you're not even a rapper anymore. Like, you a businessman now. Like, like dude, you, you, you own vitamin water. Like... You're not really you're an executive, so it's it's interesting to see just <laughs> the difference between the picture he painted then and, and and who he is now. Which I guess you know kind of speaks kind of speaks to the businessman that he is. But well, I go to you, yeah. Dave. Like, did you <clears throat> what what did you think about or what stood out to you about Many Men, if anything? I thought I thought Many Men was one of the few tracks on here that he kind of stepped away from the. I guess the, the the bravado and swagger kind of peeled back a little bit and got kind of real, and, and was just kind of talking about you know like like you said what happened what went down. Um, I, I think it's interesting. Everybody kind of noticed the hook. I thought the hook was was really well done. I guess for him to be singing kind of too on it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like like the beat, everything kind of blends together on the song like it's kind of a like a somber beat but it goes with the with the subject the keys the hi-hat you know like everything kind of blends together on the track i i, I always like many men the placement of it how it comes in on the track i thought it was a dope track i remember this song actually being played on the radio not a whole lot you know but it it, it was played on the radio and it was it just showed how strong of an appeal he had or he was get, he was getting at that time. Um, so we'll move on to track five, In the Club, which everybody knows. Um, 
at the time it was a good to me at the time okay it was hot but then i even got tired of it pretty quick uh now i'm gonna go to you dave because i already know what jamil gonna say but i'm gonna go to you i'm gonna go to you first on this one um did upon listening to this again did anything stand out to you i was never really a fan of of in the club and i feel like radios kind of beat the song to death like i I, 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 like Jamil has said, I can't remember what track last week, uh, but I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I, I can't even listen to the song anymore. Like, I've heard in the club so much mm-hmm. and for so many years, like, the song, it's, it's lost all meaning. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's a real though. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even stomach to listen to it, man. And I know it was a good song at one time and you made a lot of money off this track, but. Yes. I was never a fan, and I, I can't. I don't like it no more anymore. He's still making money off this track, just to put that yeah. out there. But we're we're gonna go to Jamil just because that's the format of the show. So, <laughs> Jamil, Jamil, I'm I'm coming to you. Did anything so, stand out about in the club? Funny thing is, I didn't even listen to it when I was going over the album. For the reason that Dave just mentioned, because it's just it's just been beat into submission. But I did give it some thought. Mm-hmm. It's a radio song. Like it doesn't oh, really yeah. fit. It doesn't fit him at all. And I realized that it was a couple of tracks on this album yeah. that were strictly for the purpose of radio play and club play. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the the beat was bananas though. Yes. Like as much as 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 much as I'm I had gotten sick of it. Uh, you cannot deny what Dre did, you know, on the boards with this one. Um, I remember it was a couple of, I want to say Beyonce had a version. Also, I know Mary J. Blige did. I think it was like an official single that she did. But it was it was so huge that it reached out even beyond him. You know, had other artists grabbing onto it. And not just on some mixtape stuff, because, you know, rappers do that all the time. But for you to get... R&B singers grabbing this beat and trying to do something with it, mm-hmm. I think really speaks to, to how much of an impact it really had at the time. I, I, I was uh, kind of looking up some stuff about it earlier. I didn't know originally Dre had, he was going to get his beat to... Uh, D12? D12. Mm-hmm. Like it, was, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was for D12 for the 8 Mile soundtrack. And 50 got his hands on it and, and like wrote the verse real quick. And they basically they made magic, man. Or they made it money. Yeah. It would have been a it would have been a way different song. With it would have like Absolutely. it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been radio friendly at all. I think this was probably the right right move as far as money exactly. is concerned. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No question. Very it was savvy on both of their part. Cause I know Dre probably he was like, Man, this is intended for D twelve, but I'll let you hear it. Thinking like, right. man, if this dude could write something to it, he could kill it more than D12. But I think I agree with you. The D12, a D12 version of that beat, I don't know where they would have taken. I just remember yeah, nobody they, that that song would have strictly been on the album. Like a lot of people wouldn't even heard it. Yeah, I would like to hear what that would sound like, though. Yeah, yeah, oh, no doubt. That would be amazing. Because they lose bizarre. But I used to like, yeah, Bizarre was weird. But I like, I like D12, Purple Pit. I mean, we, we okay, we're going to move on. We ain't going to talk about it. So we'll, we'll move on from there. Uh, track six, <laughs> High All The Time. Um, 
it's basically talking about smoking weed uh, and your, his adventures in smoking. So, <laughs> Jamil, did, did, did anything about this stand out to you? Only thing I said about it was, oh, he's singing again on the hook. I didn't, I didn't really like this song at all. No. It just didn't, didn't reach me at all, any level. And I tried, but there was, there was nothing there for me. <laughs> Literally, this dude says that, that he put this song out because he saw artists making songs like this and selling 500,000 records. Like, literally, that's what he said. So, on that note, I'm going to go over to you, Dave. Did anything stand out to you about How All The Time? Not really. I, I, I kind of like the beat. Uh, the way the beat kind of cleaned up during the verses. He kind of dropped a lot of the extra sounds from the from the hook to the verses, mm-hmm. production-wise. But other than that, I don't know. He, he kind of bounced all over the place lyrically. And I don't, it, it wasn't a good track. It wasn't his strongest track, which I, I thought it was... I, perhaps he pushed to get it to get it on the uh, on the album. Maybe maybe he felt like it would be something that could kind of fill it out a little bit. But I I just didn't I, I didn't really I couldn't agree with it being on here. It, it wasn't nearly as strong as any of the songs that he had just placed on it uh, placed ahead of it. And I, I almost to be honest with you, it almost took me out of the album. Um, it's kind of honestly, it was a little disappointing. I cannot, and and it wasn't just like Jamil made note that he was singing on the song on the on a hook. He was singing throughout the whole song, and I didn't even I didn't even catch it, you know, until <laughs> really until like at the end of the song. I was like this dude is singing the whole way. So it's just, mm, I, I, I'm, I'm. I mean, you got a you got a, a bunch of gangster songs, and then you got the song about smoking. As you can tell, he's not a real smoker, so it, no. it didn't really fit. Yeah, and he and, said and, he said he doesn't do drugs. Yeah, so it, it was an odd track, man. I yeah. mean, and even even you know, gangster rappers will have songs about smoking, but it don't come across in that way. Like you could tell. I'm I'm glad you brought that up about him saying, "Oh, I think this is gonna sell," because you could tell that that's what he was reaching for. Mm-hmm. Just some yeah. some you know crossover appeal stuff. Just when when going radio goes wrong and it, it, he just didn't get there. <laughs> when going radio, I think yeah. I think if Dre would have did the beat, he might have he might have went ahead and been able to make that one a single because it is enough fluff there for the radio to, to latch on to. But I just don't think the track was enough to grab anybody's attention and the song itself was was, was garbage. So I hear you. He didn't he didn't quite. Didn't quite get where he was going, and the placement of it is that, there. Yeah, that that he could use that, and probably a feature from somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? You're right, because I think about it. If Dre would have took it, he would have slowed it down just a touch, not much, just a touch, and threw like this crazy uh uh kick with maybe a kick and a clap or click a kick and a snare like combo. Dude, I think it could have been. He could have really been doing something, but then that would have changed the whole vibe. Because when you're getting, yeah. I'm assuming, I don't know, but when you're getting high all the time, you don't necessarily need to listen to like a banger. You listen to something like this. So I kind of, I get it, but it was just like you say, poor placement, um, just weak, weak overall. It was just ugh, disappointing, disappointing. So we move on to one that that's it rivals this, in my opinion is one of the better tracks on the album. 
heat. Um, this was produced by Dre. We get right back into it. Um, it's interesting because it says that through, throughout this track, 50 Cent is assuring, assuring us uh, with his hard lyrics and Dre, Dr. Dre beat built off gunshots that even if he's famous, rich, and selling records, he'll still bust a cap. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, was that from Rolling Stones? That no, sounds like somebody was typing. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure who wrote it, but it's, it's, it's on Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they use another word after cap, but uh, I, I didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't feel like that was necessary to uh, to get the point across. No. But heat, I thought, in my opinion, heat is one of the like I say, one of the stronger tracks. The beat is is hard. Like, the, and this is kind of along the lines of what I was thinking about with how all the time. But the beat go hard, and, and he could really, it, it really allows Fifty to dig into it again. He's singing on the hook. It, it is what it is. Might as well just just let it go but uh i thought that this was i honestly thought that this was one of his uh stronger i think 50 excels when he's very arrogant on the track so i'm gonna go to you uh dave what did you what stood out to you about heat this this to me this is 50 in his pocket like he this him in his lane like gun talk he got the dre beat behind him i mean this is where you want 50 cents Right here, and like, like they they do it perfectly. Him and him and Dre, the beat, the strings, everything Dre give him, he worked with. You know what I mean? And then he talked cocky. He got the gun talk, uh, but even the hook. You know what I mean? Like the DH to play this tape in court. Like it's it, the swagger about it. I, I always, I mean, I can still listen to this song to this day. I forgot, you know, like going over the album. But I, I I do remember liking this track. I still like this track. Yeah, keep thinking I'm candy <laughs> till your skull get popped. <laughs> Some strong words, man. So I'm gonna go to you, Jamil. Is this is this uh like, is this up on your list? You gotta let me ask the question I first, like man. That's the you gotta let me you gotta let my, me bring you in. I was excited. I know. <laughs> 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 you gotta let me bring you in, baby. So let so let me swing it on over to you, Jamil. I know you're excited. What stood out to you about Heat? This was uh. When you said arrogance, that's exactly what I wrote in my notes. I like, I like that. I like the, the swagger. His, his, his confidence was there, and he knew that this is where he excels the most. Like sometimes I call Fifty Robo Thug because he, <laughs> he give you these lyrics, but there's no emotion behind it. It's just like he's clearly a, he's doing this for for whatever the per intended purpose is, but it's not something that he is necessarily invested in. He was invested in heat, and and Dre gave him some heat for this one. Like them strings, this was hard. This was a hard beat. Chicky did his thing, and my absolute favorite line of the album was on this song. Mm. What was what line was that? This was. I uh, give it oh, yeah. yeah, I thought we was gonna do that at the end. Of the oh, okay, song. Gonna, okay. Yeah, I'll save it. I'll save that one. I'll okay. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. That's fine. That's fine. I didn't know. That's that's a good little I, segue I, right I, there. One thing I didn't love about this though, mm -hmm. the ad lib was trash. I did not like the ad lib. Oh yeah, they tried. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. He got a bulletproof hat. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know what he was doing right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It stood out how bad it was. Yeah, I don't know what it is. He must have been Man. feeling like, good like, about you know, it. He was feeling good in the studio. I think when they made this, that's, that's like that's the bravado and the swagger come through on the track. 
they, they should have cut his mic off. Right. But right. <laughs> but it's like it, it all works. I mean, I don't think that takes anything away from it. The no. track is still hard, but it just was like weird. It, it felt weird. Like, all right, why? What is this here for? Slap the engineer. Like somebody should have took that out. Like you said. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But he probably was just. He they he felt good about it though. Whatever whatever it was, he felt pretty good about it to to leave it on the back end of that track because the track was hard as ever. And then you come with that soft stuff. It's like okay, whatever, nigga. So we will move on to uh, track eight, I believe. If I can't, uh, produced by Dre. And and I just want to make a little side note. Uh, the the a lot of the tracks that we've gone over, Mike Elizondo either had a hand. And, and writing or had a hand in producing I didn't know it was that strong of a hand especially for such a, a artist with so much success but that just shows the talent that Linkin Park has again so again I can't I thought this was I, I really liked this this song and he comes with some he has some lyrics in here a little bit Peter Piper Pig Peppers and Run Rock Rhymes I'm 50 Cent I write a little bit but I pop nines I mean, it's not, you know, it's, we ain't talking about Lupe Fiasco or Eminem here, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for what he does, like, he he really, I thought his, like, how he how he arranged his stuff on here, I thought I thought he really wrote the beat um, really well. I thought this was one of his stronger tracks, so I go to you, Jamil, first. Um, what'd you think about If I Can't? I couldn't tell you what 50 was talking about on the song. That track was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> The piano just grabbed me from the very beginning. Like every time I've ever heard this, um, it just it, it just grabs me. The beat does, and I I remember the line that you just quoted, but that's probably about all I remember as far as what you said lyrically, because I couldn't get past the production. It was so crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was dope. It's was it was it about the same for you, Dave? Like you, you was it the production that just overwhelmed you? Like, that's simply what I wrote in my notes with Dre. Like, <laughs> like, like the, the beat, the beat is like it's like an earworm track, man. Like you hit just the keys over and over, man. And from that on, like then the then the hook and everything kind of just spills out. But like the, the Dr. Dre, him and Dr. Dre got like a lane, man. Where it's just yeah, when they get together, man, it's like it's like Swiss Beats and DMX. Like yes, the two of them together just work. Yes, like he is. knows his sound perfectly, and and they come across on the song. Like, but like Jamil said, like he, I mean, nothing else. <laughs> he really talking about nothing else on the track, but it's it's surprisingly listenable for it to be hollow. Yes, it's uh, it's 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 dope. Like I really, <laughs> I really don't know what else to say about it, man. And I felt like it was coming coming right behind um. Um, heat I felt like it was a nice little it was a nice little change up you know because heat was a little bit slower but uh you know if I can't it almost it almost feels like a party vibe a little bit but it's more like a get a feel good kind of vibe like if you ride in the car or something like that feel like you're in California it kind of worked now we get to track nine (laughs) Bloodhound featuring Young Buck um I really don't have much to say about this because I really did not like this song. Um, I'm gonna go to you, Dave. Uh, what did anything stand out to you about Bloodhound? Uh, nope. 
Um, it, 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 I don't know. I, I didn't like. I didn't like the feature. I didn't like the beat. I, I just wasn't a fan of the track, and, and especially coming out the like a string of good solid tracks, it kind of it, it kind of derailed everything. It, it was he could have he could have left this up though. Yeah, I really didn't understand why I was on the album except for it to be like a a feature a, a, a opportunity for Young Buck, and it really wasn't even an opportunity. Like the the beat didn't match the album. Like it sounded like some futuristic computer, not even futuristic, just some old computer type beat like I, I i can't stand that stuff i did not like it it's just it yeah it didn't fit him at all no not at all not at all it's i mean for for the previous for eight tracks you felt like okay i can i can see 50 on here even the high all the time which you know he ain't no you know we even talked about it he's not a smoke he's not a he, he don't do drugs so but you could feel it better than this this was just this was this is underwhelming so i'm gonna go to you jameer like did anything stand out to you about Bloodhound? Uh, I didn't like it. Um, I wrote that it, it sounds out of out of time and out of place. Like the beat, the beat didn't fit the album, but it didn't really fit the sound of hip hop at the time either. Yeah, right. It sounded like something that would have come out some years before, or something that would be out right now. Like yes. it just didn't fit at all. Yes, and the and one the cadence that they used yeah. got annoying real fast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. On the block, man. Like I, I, uh, uh, like it's just, uh, just uh, I can't. Uh, just bother the whole track away. Yes, please, please. You got a fireplace? <laughs> throw that, throw that track in there. Uh, so we'll move on to uh, track ten. Back down. Uh, I remember this being. This was this was out. Because he was he was talking about Ja Rule on this one, right? Am I wrong about that? Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, he was uh, he was uh, he was pretty uh, pretty hard on Ja Rule, man. I don't I don't know what Ja Rule did to him. I can't remember. I thought it was something. Either he was talking crazy or some kind of chain incident or something. But either way, he he really he really don't like Ja Rule. And then at the end of it. Had it sounded like some dude was supposed to be Jaru's lover. Um, it, it was <laughs> this was uh, this was <laughs> this was this is uh, it's pretty ruthless, man. I uh, and he let the dude talk for a while, you know, it wasn't a wasn't like a little spot, like, dude was like basically, you know, he was down for Jaru. So, I, I, I throw it to you, gentlemen. Um, uh, we'll start with Jamil. Uh, what'd you think about Back Down? I loved it. I'm always here for a good diss track. And this was a, a, another moment where he, you could tell that he was invested in in the song. And the emotion came out of it. Not emotion, you know, on some soft stuff, but just like he really felt exactly what he was saying. Like whatever happened with him and Jai is deeply personal. And he... He, he let that be known on the track. Now, my man with the monologue at the end, I was dying laughing. Like, I was in tears. Because <laughs> it made me think about Baxter's character, uh, Gay Tony. And I'm, I'm in tears laughing. And then I missed it the first time. My man used uh, uh, government name. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that the first time because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, don't nobody touch Jeff. really hates you like whatever whatever it is that happened he means it because he just aired dude out and i think that probably was the nail in the coffin for josh there's no way josh could have survived it man like it was just i i just felt the pressure like once once 50 got going i was like man he ain't gonna let this go and he still ain't let it go to this day like even ja Rule tried to come up and say something it was i can't remember it was some recently something was going on Jaru tried to say something, and he tried to relate it to the beef between him and 50. 50 caught wind of it, and then he got right back to it again. So it was, mm, mm. This was, uh, whew. This was pretty strong, man. So I, what, I, I'm going to throw it to you, Dave. Uh, what did you think about back down, man? Nothing. <laughs> like Jamil say, man, any, 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 good, any good diss track, man, I'm here for it. Like and, 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 like it's funny, man. But he, I mean, it's it's all heat. Like, and again, he got he got Dre on the track, and he just he in his pocket, man. The the, the anger, the the bravado. Like, I'm, I'm gonna have to do some research and find out what what ja Rule did. But <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, it's just a great, it's a great diss track, man. You just pull his card, man, the whole time. You say, I, I know niggas from your hood. You have no history. Like, he just, <laughs> I mean, the whole track, man, it's just, it's rough, man. He, he, he goes fully in. Dude, this was, this was, uh, whoo, this, this was brutal, man. Like, I, this, I, I put this on the short list, too. This is one of his better songs on the album. The beat and the, and the, and the beat was just, it was perfect for it. Perfect for it. Agreed, just, man. Whew, again, like you said, he's in his pocket, man. And it's, he just he just stayed in there. So now we go to uh, the next track, P-I-M-P. And just to read the um, the little excerpt from um, Genius, this was the third single uh, that he put out, which was which was one of the another uh, commercial success. Which is interesting, because he's talking about pimping a woman, pimping women, but you know we're dipping into that. The track was uh, uh it, it peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. It was later certified gold. Um, he basically is giving a lecture on microeconomic on the on the microeconomics of prostitution, and then um, on the remix, Snoop gives you a little bit extra. But uh, 50 really um. 50 was 50 was on his um his pimp stuff on this one just basically laying out the game for you and <laughs> and tell you how, how you gonna get this money um i'm gonna go to you dave uh what stood out to you about pimp i guess the production man i, I was surprised to find out that uh actually swifty from uh from d12 had made this beat DK Mr. Mr. Porter? Porter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple rap names, but yeah. So, I mean, um, he got a hit, man. Like, I, I guess they were swinging for a commercial track. I, I wouldn't have figured a, a song about pimping would, would be as big as it has been, but I mean, the song the song is still all over the place. It's, one of, it's another one of them songs, like, you heard it to death. And it just, it just goes to show, like, when they when they were in the in they mood, uh, 
like when they were making this album, like they kind of knew which ways they were kind of going. Like they were trying to hit on commercial tracks, yeah. and then they had their gangster tracks, and this was one of their commercial tracks that they actually hit on. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, personally, I'm not a big fan of it, but it it it, it accomplishes goals. Yeah, it, like and it was the beat. The beat was commercial enough that you know they could kind of go with it, and, and also. Again, we talked about 50 Cent and his ability to write good, write hooks. This hook was catchy. I remember a bunch of ki- like kids singing it, women, P.I.M.P. Like, yeah. like, yeah. do you realize what my man is talking about here? But you know, yeah. it's the way of the world. I ain't gonna, <laughs> you know, true, man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna get into it too much. But uh, Jabil, um, did you like P.I.M.P.? Like, is this this what this is? What was this underwhelming? Um, I like the beat. Like it's it's catchy enough. Um, for me, it didn't it didn't match. Like the beat and his 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 vocals didn't match. It didn't sound good to me. But then they dropped the remix and gave Snoop the the hook, and then Snoop had a verse. I was like, that's what this is supposed to be. It works for Snoop a lot better, I think, because it it it's smooth. Fifty was a little too rough for the pimp days. He's a shooter, you know what I mean? And even though pimps are brutal, there is a bit of finesse to it, and there was no finesse in, in what 50 has to say and how he said it. So uh, what I wrote in my notes for this one is uh, I prefer Snoop. Like, the beat was good, but I, I, I you can leave everything else from, from my point of view. Mm. That's, that's, that's interesting. I thought... Uh, yeah, I like that, man. Yeah, and then... Yeah, Snoop was better on it. When I when I, I remember listening to it, Snoop was better on it than he was. I think Fifty was more trying to. He was using the track to kind of tell you about the like he was telling it from a from a real uh, like an old school pimp perspective, while Snoop was telling you from like a new school pimp perspective, kind of like in a smoother way. You know, just really just really trying to finesse, <laughs> trying to finesse your but ear Snoop, a little bit. Snoop sounds like a pimp. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. 50's a goon, man. Like like you said, man. 50, 50 one of the he's a shooter. You know, like he 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 can't finesse nobody. He want he he throw you off a balcony or something like that. You know. Exactly. And that's 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 why Snoop fit the track more. Yeah. I mean, it's more germane to what Snoop does. He he kind of yeah. had the 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 pimp persona prior to that. I don't know why they wouldn't put him on the original. I think, uh, well, I guess it didn't matter because the song's still sold, but I think that if you put Snoop on that hook, and you don't even have to give him a verse for the remix, I think that would have been like a perfect marriage of what they were trying to do. Hmm. Okay, okay. So you think you think that they should have just did the, instead of calling it a remix, just have Snoop on the album? Like that, that version on the album and remove yeah, the original. Yeah, make that studio track. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Okay, so we move on to track twelve, like my style, featuring Tony Ayo. Um, I'm be honest with you. Um, this is forgettable, and it's kind of disappointing because Rock Wilder produced it, which Rock Wilder produced a, another very popular track that we discussed previously, um, which was um, for Method Man and Red Man's album Blackout. So. And this was just really, this is just really talking. Um, it was it wasn't a whole lot to it. Uh, so I'm gonna send it to you, um, Jamil, real quick. 
uh, like my style? Did, did you like it? I did not like his style. <laughs> and I think and I think Tony Yayo sounded super gay on the first verse. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh. 50, you need some help? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> And maybe wonder where they found old boy from the other track. Like, hold on, some pieces of the puzzle are coming together here. <laughs> I remember, I remember the unit, dude. They was pushing Tony Ayo so hard. Like, yeah, they, like man, wait till Tony Ayo get, get this out. dude in the game so hard. Right, like he was the best of all of them, but he was locked up. So wait, wait, wait yeah, till Tony yeah. Ayo get home. Trash. But really, Lloyd he Banks was, was the best. Boots. Realistically, Lloyd Banks was the was the best behind Fifty. Oh yeah, no question. Then I put Young Buck there. Then Tony Ayo, you can have a last, you got a backseat. But uh, we we'll go to we we'll go to you, Dave. Um, like my style. Uh, did you enjoy it? No, uh, not at all. Like his his voice. <laughs> His voice didn't it didn't mesh with the song like the 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 synths and everything else they had on the track like it it, it, it was a weird pairing I like I don't understand this this it's kind of one of them throwaway tracks like we just kind of was talking about like it, it it felt out of place like you got this kind of grimy album and then you got this weird song with like all these synthetic sounds and stuff like that like it didn't it didn't mesh with Sticky's voice at all. And it sounded like he he might have did an alteration to his voice too, and whether he did it himself or they they changed it in production. It didn't sound like he normally does. Like he went up an octave or two. Who fifty yeah. or Yayo? Fifty. Yayo definitely was pretty high pitched. Yeah. On, at least uh, you know when he jumped in fifty's verse. But it, they might have brought it up to kind of match him or something. I. Yeah, it, it was the song. Like his, his vocals don't sound right. The the, the beat don't really match. Nah, it, it, the tempo is, is weird. Like I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's, the track is just out of place, completely. Like that should have been left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. You got eighteen other tracks. We could we could lose one. Yeah, that. Mm, mm, I really don't. <laughs> this is another one. I, I just really, I really was disappointed with this with this placement on the album for if even being on the album um just really mm. yeah 50 50 had a bit of a struggle with with some of this stuff which i mean is 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 to be it's gonna happen you know what i'm saying i mean 18 19 tracks a lot of these albums that we're going over i mean you're gonna you're gonna have some missteps track 13 poor little rich uh I'm be honest, like to me, like the best, the, the beat, the beat is good on this one. Shaw Money XL produced it, um, but I think probably the best track on this. I'm sorry, the best part of this song is the very beginning. Um, blah, what up, homie? I don't know. I just, I, I kind of dug that, but a, after that, that's about it. Um, so I'm gonna go to you, Dave. Uh, am I wrong? Was Poor Little Rich um, a good song or? Uh, was it as garbage this, as I this thought? Another, this is another weird kind of, I, I want to say tone or sound. Like, it's, it's a weird sound, man. Like, 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 we all speak highly of some of the earlier tracks on the album, kind of 
Dre's kind of gutter, mm-hmm. grimy kind of beats, mm-hmm. um, strings, that kind of stuff. And it's another kind of heavy, heavily synthesized beat. And I, oddly enough, I do like the hook on this song. But, I mean, that, that, that kind of by itself, it, it's not enough to, to really make the, make the song or make me like the song. But it sounds like a mixtape track. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what it sounded like. So yeah, they pulled it off an old mixtape and I was like, let's try to sneak this on here. So I'm gonna go to you, Jamil. Uh did you enjoy Did you enjoy Poor Little Rich? I did not. I didn't like this one at all. Uh, and basically what you guys have spelled it out perfectly. It was it was oh, well not both of y'all because I think you got opposing ideas. I'm, I'm more in Dave's camp with this one where the beat was really strange. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. It doesn't, it doesn't fit him as an artist. It didn't really fit the tone of the album. I think maybe, you know, if another artist or if it was on another project, I might have enjoyed it a little more because it, it is a little off the wall, but for, for what it was, I didn't enjoy it at all. Mm. I thought... What I'm, what, let me explain about the beat. I thought the beat fit the time. Um, did it didn't necessarily fit the album and where he, where most of the tracks um, were at. No, uh, definitely wasn't on the level of, of of some of the really good songs that he has on here. But I felt like the beat fit the time, <clears throat> the time that it that, that it actually came out. And I and I always, I never, it just it, he. I thought that wow. While it wasn't a strong song, I felt I felt like he was he was strong on it with his delivery. Um, but it just wasn't. I think overall the, the track was lacking, poor and, and poorly placed. I don't think it ever should have made the album like we talked about. So now we we kind of come out of that a little bit. You know, he had a had a string couple couple songs that was questionable. So now we get to track 14, 21 questions. <laughs> well, no pun intended. Uh, 21 questions featuring Nate Dogg. Um, this was the second single that he released um, Released it in April of 2003 And I remember this being a huge song Huge song I remember that This is I mean if girls like gangsters Or, or fake thugs Whatever You know Before this they was, they was loving this dude Then Like at that time As soon as this came out Especially with the video of him being I, I, I want to say the video was him like in in a fake jail and like writing this letter and like the girl reading it. Maybe I could be. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I'm pretty I sure that's, I think that's what it was. Okay, yeah. but this this was just I just remember this being a huge commercial success. And when I first listened to it, the first time I was like, yeah, this is dope. Like I dig the Twenty One Questions, and then they played it over and over and over. And I was like, okay, all right, well, yeah. we're done here. We're we're done. But they keep going, so. I listened to it again. I didn't get anything new out of it, but I'm gonna put it on you. Put it to you guys. Um, we'll start with Jamil. Um, did anything stand out to you about Twenty One Questions? Yes, more singing. Like you got the the dopest. <laughs> you got the dopest hook man in hip hop history on your track, and yet you still feel the need to sing. What was that about? It got on my nerves right from the beginning. Um, the song itself doesn't really appeal to me just because I know I'm not the target. It's, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's for women who like street dudes 
or want to believe that real street dudes are going to have a soft spot for them which <laughs> which if you know somebody that's about that life for real you can't have no soft spot for nobody that's that's a weak point so but that's the that's the narrative they believe and they fed into it it was huge and um didn't look more wasn't Lil Mo like a remix to this or something? Where it was like a back and forth with Shane and 50 on the hook? I'm not Something like that. I remember that thing. I seem to remember her being attached to it for some reason. But yeah, this this one didn't. I never really liked this song. But I recognize, you know, how huge it was. And I know why it was that big. It just don't appeal to me. Okay. 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 So <laughs> I'll pose the question to you, Dave. Uh, did, did you did you get anything new out of 21 questions i think um i think as we've been going over the album like like listening to it i kind of I'm, I'm learning how they were how they kind of plotted the album out like they had the radio singles they had the the gangster tracks that kind of stuff but this kind of falls into the radio single category and, I, and they did their job you know what i mean like they sold records um, people kind of bought into it. I did kind of dig them kind of peeling back some of the some of the bravado, um, machismo a little bit. Um, and, and I don't, you know, probably not honestly with none of the questions, something like that. But you know, like he he appealed to a certain different demographic. Well, I feel like this track did his job. Right. I'm not a big fan of it, but it worked. It's the beat, everything kind of works. I, I, I would have liked more Nate Dogg and less him singing. Hmm. Yeah. But, but I mean, mission accomplished, I guess. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, uh, I agree with you when you talk about commercial success because when they, if they, whenever they went for it commercially on with this, with songs on this album, they were hits. They weren't just like they successes, were. they were hits. And people yeah. were just yeah. loving them. And so that that really built up 50's brand to you know to now all of a sudden oh well he's a hit maker, and it all it, it just continues to solidify Dre as like you know that that go to guy when you wanna when you wanna make a hit album as you know we, we would see him down the line continue to help out um, other artists and make hit albums. Um, I just felt like uh, I always liked the song personally and i I, you you made an interesting point but it it goes back to something that we spoke about uh, early on when we were discussing about the album 50 50 cent talks talks a lot of talk on here but this is one of the softest songs (laughs) this is one of the softest songs on the album (laughs) and this still felt like 50 to me i could see 50 talking to a girl like this you know what i'm saying like just real kind of kind of soft like like if it if stuff wasn't working out for me and you, or, or you know, if I got into this spot or something like that, would you still be down for me? And I could see Nate Dog in the background, like singing and like backing him up, you know, and the girl just looking like, "Is this real? <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this really happening right now? Is, this, is Nate Dog singing to me? Like, so it's just." <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 it was a success but i felt like it fit i don't know i mean it's especially you know when you're looking at it i mean dude it was track 14 you know so he he obviously didn't think extremely highly of it but he felt like we got a chance here and it worked when you think about um 
this being the, the second single because the first one is in the club so now he's showing a versatile side and they already know the album is going to be extremely um gangster i hate using that term it's so political but the album is extremely gangster so this is a good this is a good thing to kind of get people uh uh pull pull ears into it you know what i'm saying pull pull some buying some buying power behind it or something like that you know get some people interested and he got another song about another hit about pimping so exactly right, right he comes right behind that right he's but a one-stop shop we baby got love we got pimping we got gangsterism <laughs> we got diss tracks we got everything point, i didn't even think about that like he got a love song as a second single mm-hmm. and all the women loved it and they flocked to it he already got them so when he started talking his pimp and stuff they were still there for it maybe he's yeah. smoother than i thought dude he's smooth think about it and the first track was in the club so you get the chick in the club you whisper some sweet nothings to her ask her 21 questions and then you pimp her out Dude was smart, man. Like he knew, like that's the game. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even see it that way. That's it. <laughs> that's it, though. That's it. Uh, so you get is, is more clever than I gave him credit for. <laughs> you got you got to give it he to took him. The song, man. <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did, man. So, I mean, another solid contribution from Fifty. So we'll move on to track fifteen. Don't push me. And this one features uh, who we talked about previously, Lloyd Banks, and a little bit of Eminem. Um, Eminem produced this one. You can tell. You can <laughs> you can feel it. It feels like an Eminem track. Everything has these, like, dark, stabby strings. Um, it, it's just, like, that's, that's what Eminem does. So um, I don't remember this being one of my favorite tracks just for the – just for the fact that I, I think I wanted more Eminem than what I got. I just wasn't, I wasn't satisfied with it. But, uh, I mean, hey, I, 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 I'll ask you gentlemen first. So we'll, we'll go today first. Um, did, did Don't Push Me stand out to you? I mean, you being a resident Eminem fan. Or were I mean, you, were, was it kind of lackluster? I, I guess being an Eminem fan, I would have to say, yeah. Obviously, um, honestly, I really like the track. Uh, I felt like it was a, a good introduction to Lloyd Banks. I wasn't a big fan of him um, yeah. as an artist, but I felt like Lloyd Banks kind of did his thing, um, kind of hanging with Eminem and, and 50 on the track and kind of being introduced. Um, it, it, it was, I, I, I always liked the track, man. I, I, I think uh, it, it's just something about the blend of it. And, and I, I feel like Lloyd had one of the most underrated verses. Uh, I mean, it's not easy to shine on a track with 50, but to kind of hold your own with him, uh, you did the same. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I felt like uh, Lloyd Lloyd was more the standout on this track than than Eminem probably should have been. Um, yeah, this, I, agree with I don't know if somebody helped him with the lyrics or what, but I felt like it was... I felt like it was a really good intro to him. So, um, Jamil, did you feel about the same? You felt like it was a, it felt like it was a good intro for Lloyd Banks. Like, did you, or did you want more Eminem? Um, I think it was a uh, a good vehicle for Lloyd Banks. I could have used more Eminem just because 
who could not you know what i mean if i'm if you don't give me the option to have more m give me that uh especially this eminem because again he's still on that on uh slim shady the gangster circle 2003 you know he gave us a little <laughs> bit more of that that he had earlier in the album mm-hmm. um i didn't necessarily love this one uh and it might have just been i was tired of it because it's a long album but yeah i it didn't i didn't really feel it but i can appreciate what lloyd banks did because this was his introduction to the world and he like man you sandwiching me between two two titans of the industry or who will become that i mean 50 hadn't reached that point yet but um he's like man i gotta make my mark and for him to be able to get recognized in that space was really good for him even if i personally you know wasn't feeling the track i like what it did for him yeah i felt uh, i really felt i felt better about lloyd banks i, I think at that point we had heard so much about Lloyd Banks and Young Buck and uh, uh, Tony Yayo, Yayo that I was just like, okay, so when are, when are we going to see these dudes? Like, when is it going to happen? Or are we just, or is this just all talk? So to finally hear Lloyd Banks finally, and, and I, th- I think that the, that's that's pretty much how his how his career turned out with them because it was just, he was always on the back burner. He was never really given like a really solid opportunity to uh to to showcase what he could do he had an album but he he also had i i want to say i want to call them hits i want i really i really want to call them hits yeah he had some songs out there um especially i want to call the song fire he had a song called fire and then he had a he had another song um he had another song called uh 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 which was I thought that this was one of his uh, bigger tracks with Avant. I thought that was one of his his more popular tracks. I don't know. I mean, at the time living in Chicago, I would hear it all the time, but I don't know how it was how well it was received um, elsewhere. But I really felt like I felt like it was a, like y'all said it was a really good um, introduction to Lloyd Banks, and he took advantage of. I mean, track fifteen, you know, <laughs> it's only so much you could do. You know, it ain't it ain't gonna be that many people that listen to it, but. You know, if you could, if you could, if you could do something with it, you know, you could make a name for yourself. And he, I felt like he did that a little bit. So we move on to track 16. Gotta make it to heaven. Um, this is produced by Megahertz. I believe this is the only track he has to produce on this album. And um, yeah. I just remember the hook just being extremely repetitive. Um, nothing really. I, I I just don't remember it standing out. But. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe y'all could, maybe y'all could straighten me out on it. I, I never felt like. I mean, it's just, it's just basically him talking about you know different struggles in his life, um, telling people don't mess with him, um, talking about he the boss of the streets, and and always having somebody do his dirty work, which I don't know how gangster that is, but you know, he knows his lane. So I, I'll go to you first, um, Dave. Uh, gotta make it to heaven like did this was this a standout track or was this just could you lump it in with um a couple other tracks in the, in the album that we didn't feel too highly about no you, you can put it in that pile this was uh it's, it's, i mean the refuse pile i could only just <laughs> i could only describe <laughs> it as like generic like like you you, you want to you want a song just a, a, a quote unquote like you said gangster song like that, that, this would be somewhere in the bargain bin. Like, 
Mm. I mean, the beat is average, the lyrics are average. The, the, there's no real standout as far as storytelling, nothing like that. Like, it's just kind of generic, tough guy talk, gun talk. Um, and that's it. Like, I mean, even the hook is, is bland and, and, and boring. Like, it's just kind of, it's a, it's a, a mediocre throwaway track. I wouldn't even call it mediocre. Like, it's, it's just a throwaway, bland track. Like, it don't, nothing jumps out. Yeah, and it, he was starting to he was starting to put on some bland tracks, um, um, on this on this album, which generally is the case when you have yeah, an album with you 19, got 20 songs. 20 songs. On yeah, you know that's generally the case. So I'll ask you, um, Jamil, real quick. Uh, Got to make it to heaven. Did it stand out to you in any way? Nah, not really. It's <laughs> it was it was pretty pretty granola man i i didn't i didn't really care for it 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 sounds to me like this this was uh a song you know how you see those youtube videos of people trying to teach you how to play basketball Mm -hmm. and they're like instructing (laughs) you how to do it like this seems to me what would be in a tutorial for how to write a gangster rap Mm. Yeah, but the tutorial given to you by some thirteen-year-old <laughs> kid named Brett, because <laughs> it's hitting, it's hitting the points in general. Like, yeah, this is what a gangster song should have in it, but it, it don't have nothing to it. You know what I right. mean? It's, it's just bland. It's wallpaper. It's wallpaper. Wall- Mention guns. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So. We'll move on to 17, Wankster. Um, this was another, this was like the introduction to 50. And I remember this. He was, dri- he was driving down a, in a, down the street in a, in a, it was either a Hummer or a Land Rover or something. I don't, I don't remember. It was a truck with a chick. But in the beginning, they come out of the bodega and she got on these G unit um, jogging pants. This is before the yoga pants was hot. So if she had on G unit jogging pants, them punks was filled out. And um, that's that's really all I can remember. The, the G unit moving. <laughs> that's, honestly, got the priority. <laughs> honestly, that's all I remember. I remember Fifty rapping. Oh man! And um, his he had a little doll. Like I think his son was in it. He had a little doll or something. And that 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 that's all I can really remember. Um, this was produced by a cat named Jay Praise, and also co-written by him and this was the first single um after oh okay after eminem discovered uh 50 and this was on a it started out on a on a uh mixtape uh but it ended up making the album at track 17 so i go to you jamil uh what stood out to you if anything about wangston i felt like it didn't need to be on the album um i remember just being on the eight mile soundtrack that was where i first heard it um and I don't remember how much time was in between those two projects, but I think it was enough that you didn't really need it. It felt desperate to me, like you were trying to say, hey, remember, remember we got this, you know, this other thing that happened um, to try to tie Eminem fans to the 50 Cent project, uh, just in case, you know, these other things that, that happened before it didn't really work, which to me, it was unnecessary it turned out to be because the hits like the radio tracks they all blew like you said so it just felt like a reach and I, I feel like they really didn't need it yeah 
I thought it. I agree with you. It was a bit of a reach um, to, for for it to be on the album. I thought it was a really nice introduction for him, you know, for the world to see him. But the, at the time, the beat was a little bit different. The video was was simple, um, and the lyrics. The lyrics. I mean, he was talking enough trash on there that it it worked. You know, it, people could get a kind of feel. You know, it's fifty, aka Ferrari at fifty. Okay, I got you. But I'm a, I'm gonna go to you, Dave. Like, was it was it about a similar vibe for you? Like with Wangster, I mean, did it did it bring back any old memories? It brought back some for me, obviously. But did it did it bring back some for you? <laughs> nah, that's the, I don't remember the, the thick kick in the video. But like, the, the I remember hearing the song. I remember somebody at school had the mixtape. And then I remember because I, I had the eight miles soundtrack, and I remember hearing it on that. And when the album came out, I heard it again on that. So I, I had like Wankster Overkill. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't take the song no more. Like I thought it was it was a mediocre track to begin with, man. Um, I remember they talked about it being aimed at Ja Rule, but this it came out. I, I think I'm pretty sure before he uh, was a beast on Ja Rule, but it, it I. This is overkill, man. I'm proud of this, right? Hmm. Okay. I mean, that's that's a that's a fair assessment, fellas. Uh, it's he had a lot of hits. This was one of them. And the radio, I don't know if they didn't have anything else to play at the time, but the radio loved Fifty. Um, so we'll move on to track 18. Do not like me. Uh, this was produced by Red Spider. This wasn't really memorable to me. Uh, it's kind of lumped. I, I lump. I lump this one and the next one. I lump those together. Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna do it right now. Look, track 19. Your life's on the line. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm lumping them both in together. Uh, did anything stand out to you guys? We'll start with Jamil. Did anything stand out to you about um, you not like me or your life's on the line? I actually like uh, your life's on the line. I, I remember hearing this before. Because um, I like the hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was, because uh, this was clearly a stab at Ja Rule, but it was it was done pretty slick. We said murder, like that was hilarious <laughs> to me. Yeah. I don't believe you, murder. Like I was like, okay, I'm 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 in for that. So I'm in for a good diss track. And he didn't go hard at him, but it was just enough for uh, the, the listeners to know, like this is directed toward this dude. And then it was, you know, taking shots out of me. Like, look, he's doing all this singing. So he took, you know, took John's style and dissed him with it. Little did we know later on, he was just going to completely run with it. But that's what stood out to me about that one. Uh, track 18 before it, nothing really. It was just like, all right, it's a track that's here. I don't know why, but it's here. You're right. <laughs> just laying there. Uh, Dave, I'm going to swing it to you. I know you don't like when I lump tracks together, but I do it. Track 18, track 19, not like me, your life's on the line. Did anything stand out? Please let us know. Nah, you can, you can lump these two together, man. <laughs> uh, and it, it, I think, uh, like, we kind of see in this problem, like, over over kind of the course of doing, the, doing this for the last couple weeks, like, um, I guess especially in the 90s and the early 2000s, like, artists, I don't know if they felt like the need to get to roughly 20 tracks, but we see a lot of fluff filler at the end of these albums man like i say from 15 on it's, it's like a lot less emphasis put on the quality of the tracks like you see a lot of mixtape tracks and stuff like that so like none of these tracks 
your life's on the line was weird because it's like his vocals went up another octave. Like he was rapping kind of like a high pitch. Yeah, like it was. I don't know it was before before he got shot. Like him getting shot yeah, was, deep it, in yeah. his voice oh, okay. a little bit. No, that's I don't exactly know. What it was. I don't know if that's what it was. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. I, I, I figured that's what it would have to have been because both of those tracks were done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and those last two tracks were both done before that. And if you listen to any of the music that he did prior to getting shot, it all like his vocals all sound like that. Because he can open his mouth. I, th- I thought he got shot in the yeah. mouth a little bit, right? So he had to kind of yeah, yeah, one of them. Yeah, that's why his mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that would explain it, but again, like either either way, like both both of the tracks kind of like they didn't really stand out, or nothing nothing was real special about them. Like they kind of just fit. Like I, I I'm always like a good diss track, but it, it didn't go as hard as the other one. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, should we move? Do we have to move on? Speak about uh, PIMP remix. I mean, I, I thought we talked about nah. it before. Yeah, it's been coming. Nah, yeah. Okay, so let's get to it then, gentlemen. Now it's time to uh, pick the best track or best verse on the album. Um, you can give either or. It could be the same. It could be different. Uh, best track, best verse. We will start with Jamil this time. All right. Uh, best verse was off Heat. Mm-hmm. I believe it was the second verse. Um and it's strictly off this line because it was like I said this was my favorite it was probably the hardest thing he said on the whole album he said um, when I get sick of looking for you well it started off I don't remember exactly how it went but basically he was like oh you not safe because you need a hood because your mama's still around mm-hmm. oh, oh, say, uh, yeah yeah I'm he say, I get sick of looking for you I'm gonna shoot up your mama's house and have you come looking for me that was so gangster. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not, I do not encourage. I do not endorse. I do not celebrate violence in that way. But if you are living that lifestyle, that's what you're supposed to do. I'm not chasing you down. I'm going to make you come look for me. That was hard. Um, as far as the best track, um, Dang, I had it wrote, written down and I don't remember what I said. I think I had, um, it might have been What Up Gangsta, just because, you know, it impacted so hard and it, it really did open it up uh, for the for the, the whole album. Okay, okay, all right, all right. So uh, we'll move on to Dave. Um, best track, best verse on the album. Um. <sighs> I'm 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 not gonna go where I, where I, I kind of wanted to go, but uh, I'm I think the best verse I, I would give it to uh, to Lloyd Banks, mm. Um, mm. just okay. to just to have one one verse and like this this kind of your moment, and then they throw you on the track with Eminem. <laughs> it's like dang, but I feel like he held his own, man. It, it was it was surprising, and, and I, I, I I still remember the verse. I, I would give I would give my favorite verse to. Uh, to Lloyd Banks, and I would say my favorite track. You said Heat, right? Just the verse off Heat. I think Mini Man. I felt like Mini Man was real. It mm. kind of, uh, I, I feel like that was like the 50 in a nutshell. Um, that was him by himself, uh, and I, 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 I liked that one. It was, it was kind of peeled back and dialed, dialed back. 
it was a lot less swagger and stuff in that song. It was kind of just like a real version of 50, quote unquote real. And I, I, I like that track. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, man, this is tough because I, I had it all set to go to What Up, what up Gangsta. And I still think What Up Gangsta, you know what? What Up Gangsta to me is, is the best the best track on the album to me just because of there's a lot of uh there's a lot of weight behind it there's a lot of pressure behind it and he was able to show that not only can he deliver but he will excel um on the album i thought it was it was just hard hitting it had it had i mean the it had all the ingredients to be just a really dope um track the best verse i i i gotta go with um Okay, because I'm looking at Eminem's lyrics uh, and patiently waiting. And uh, he say, take some big and some pot. You mix them up in a pot, sprinkle a little big L on top. What do, what do you got? You got yeah. the realest and illest killers tied up in a knot. The juggernauts of this rap, like it or not. Oh, man, that's... <laughs> That's tough, man. That's tough, man. dude. <laughs> the, the bar is always set high, man. It's, it's hard for me to overlook that, man. But I gotta go with uh, this one lyric <laughs> that Fifty Cent gives you in "What Up, Gangsta." Uh, he, it's it's very simple. He says, "Industry hoes, blankers in the hood, they love us. Stump a bone out your." And some, with some brand new chuckles, brand new chuckles. Like I, can, I cannot <laughs> let that line go. I've been saying that since I've heard it, um, years back. It's just dope to me, and for me, that's like the best verse on the album. Uh, so here we go. Um, the name of the show, Pump Further Review. So I'm gonna go. We're gonna go with. Dave first this time. Upon further review, 50 cents get rich or die trying. How do you rate it, sir? I give it a 5.0. Oh my. God. <laughs> 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 oh. So, so the reason is um looking looking at my my scale and some of the albums I've ranked that's why I will put it at a five. Uh, I feel like he had some huge missteps. Mm, mm-hmm. um, personally, I'm not a big fan of the radio tracks. Like some of the radio tracks, I'm, I, I, like I can't really listen to anymore. And it's not really his fault. Right. Uh, lyrically, 50 Cent doesn't do anything spectacular. I feel like apart from some of the, project, the production, um, Dre and M's production, like besides that kind of carrying a lot of the album I feel like it was a lot of swings and misses mm-hmm. um, he could have used a few more features to kind of help round out his sound uh, so yeah I, 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 that's why I get to five in my book like it's, I mean it's, it's listenable but it, it, I don't feel like it stands up well at all mm. wow okay Hot. now Hot. I, I, okay so I'm just gonna make a, a small comment here now you mentioned that you, you that you that you look back at what you've rated uh, some of the albums that we've done throughout the season so far, 
correct? So this rating, this is lower than the Missy rating that you than the Missy album that we did, right? Uh, Missy album was better than this. Yeah, and that and that's why I I think I gave Missy a six or seven, and I couldn't I couldn't in good conscience give that the same rate. Even though Missy had some huge misses on that album. <laughs> huge. Huge. Okay. But, okay. But, but but we already covered that. And I, like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, because that's kind of like the baseline, I'm trying to keep my, 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 my grades along that. Okay. That okay. Okay. All right. I'll let it go. All right. So let's move on to our special guest. Um, Jamil, upon further review, 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, what do you rate it, sir? Well, I'm going to go ahead and make this confession. Uh, I know I told you all this on the last last recording, but I'm going to tell the world now. So for me, this is actually upon initial review. I never I, actually listened to this album good prior point. to this. Good point. Good point. <laughs> um... So I definitely temper my expectations um, for it just because, as I mentioned before, it's not really uh, my go-to artist or it's not my lane. Um, I liked it more than I thought I would. But Dave, you relieved a whole lot of pressure for me because I I was actually going to give it a five also just because lyrically, um, he's just not there. Like 50 is just not a strong lyricist. You know, he'll give you a couple of slick bars here or there. Um, I think that's why I was so excited about the heat because I have been waiting for that for about five tracks. Like you, this gangster rapper, you got this persona. Give me some of that. Mm-hmm. And you know the 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 bar that I quoted was that. Um, thank God for for Dr. Dre because without without his production, uh, this project does not see even a third of the success that it has. Uh, nobody will care about it because there just was not enough from 50 himself to warrant um, a, a long, long-lasting project in that way. Like, it's the production that I really think saves him and how he works really well with Dre. So when they are both together, they make magic. Like, it's, it's dope, dope content. But I think a lot of it is just Dre knowing what to do with an artist um, and tweaking his his sound to meet what they do and then you know pointing out to the artist also listen this is what you need to do to uh, to really uh, enhance what what you already have mm-hmm. but yeah I gotta go with a five on that one wow okay I mean that's fair that's fair we appreciate the explanation um, it's always needed now 50 Cent doesn't complicate his rhymes he doesn't complicate his lyrics it's very simple 50 Cent is a commercial rapper he can play gangster, but he could also play a soft, cuddly little baby gangster. I don't know. But he's not Whoa. a Yeah, with 21 questions. So he's not really uh he's a commercial rapper, a commercial artist. His stuff is very simple. And is and when he linked up with Dre on this album to make it, I I thought that it was like the perfect, the perfect matchup for him. His hard beats. Dre's hard beats with his with his voice, not necessarily his lyrics, but with his voice, and then you throw a catchy yeah. hook on it. 
you got success as you can see five what three or four different singles big huge singles all different styles and they're all successes like huge so he 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 knows he knew what he was doing he knew what he was doing so for myself upon further review uh 50 cents get rich die trying album i have to give it a rating of six while I, I I understand and I know in the club, 21 Questions, uh, these are songs that were played constantly, P-I-M-P, constantly. I still appreciate them, and I still appreciate his effort in, 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 in still making them. It's not easy to be uh, what he was in um, 21 Questions and then in the club and then PIMP it's not easy to be all three different different you know versions of that and and for still have people to be like oh okay yeah that's him that's a part of him too you know what i'm saying a lot of people normally they 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 sniff that out like wait a minute that's not him like why would he even be rapping like that he's not that tough he's right. not this he's not that but it all it all felt like it fit so i got to for me i have to give it a 6 and that's the show so again i want to thank you gentlemen for taking time away from your families to come on to the show we really appreciate it uh this has been a, a great review um 50 cents first uh debut album get rich or die trying we want to let you guys know that the next album that we will be reviewing will be kendrick lamar's section 80 and we hope you guys can tune in for that uh, once again i want to thank my co-host Dave, and I would like to thank, as always, our special guest. And this week, it was Jamil. Uh, this has been Upon Further Review.